In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Good morning, folks. Welcome. It's a Monday edition of the Party Line. Eighty-three degrees, right? No, 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 no. Seventy-eight right now. Headed to eighty-three, and there is a mention of some light rain as well. Monday, folks. Good morning. Welcome. And uh, Scott's here, of course. You've heard him all morning. Um, you know, these ATMs, right? Um, I went to <laughs> I had an odd thing happen this weekend. I went to uh, deposit some station checks, right? Different advertisers paying their bills. And one had sent me uh, two checks from the same company. The checks looked identical. Well, how nice of them. Yeah. <laughs> but the automatic ATM machine only accepted one of them. And the other one, they kept rejecting. And I tried two different AD ATMs, and they both rejected it. So anyway, just a weird thing. Because they looked perfect. They were Printed by a computer, you know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. just, they, they looked identical. Now, that is strange. Yeah. Why it would accept one, but not the other. But they, they scan them, and then um, the, the machine scans it and then says, yeah, this is legit. Yeah. Did you put them in one right after the other? Um, no. Well, the, on the second time, I did it all by itself because. Oh, okay. Even at a different ATM, I yeah. thought, well, maybe it's there. I was just thinking that maybe if you put one of the checks in and then maybe another check or two from a different source yeah. in, yeah. and then that second one. I don't remember if I, how I did it initially. So but it wouldn't uh, see the same image of the same check, but yeah. you would think it would be able to distinguish between the numbers. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty it, sure that's how they're set check, up, aren't they? check number. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll just take it to the counter today. Yeah. Um, I don't even know why that came up, but it was just an odd thing. You know? well, just I'm always amazed at how it. those scanners do it so well. Yeah. Part of your weekend is how it came up. So, <laughs> we have a caller standing by here, and, and um, so let's uh, let me get all my buttons just right. Here we go. Good morning. Good morning. The way, to my way of thinking, the reason that happened is because you still had the check in your hand, and they thought you were just trying to fool them and stick another one in again, stick it again, see how many times you could get it to accept. No, no, the, it, it scans the image. And, you know, so the check number is different. 
And I think they weren't even for the same amount. Oh. Um, so now you have to go to the bank and do it the old way. Yeah, which I can do. Yeah. You know, I'll do it today. I'm surprised they, they're so efficient, those ATMs, to be able to even do what you said it did. Yeah, they, they really are. Because I did, um, I think I did nine checks, and it, the one it didn't like. I called this morning basically to tell you starting next Monday, the first light will no longer be on. They announced this morning that despite having years of success with it and this and that and everything, the powers that be have determined they're gonna they're gonna end at the end of this month. Yeah. And um we have been looking at several other options. And um God, I think I forwarded some of those to you. Okay. I just think another option is let's go to all music, yeah. including taking uh, the Jim Bohannon show off at night. <laughs> you don't like Jim? Oh, his substitute's even worse. Say what? The, the substitute is even worse, and they have him on all the time now, so they must have found somebody that works out well for it with But uh Anyway, it, here's what happens. You want to listen to the Jim Bohannon show, but it doesn't come on until after 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock because there's a baseball game from uh, okay. the far west and all that stuff. Or it doesn't come on until about 11.30 or 12, you know. The I think show, they normally start already, at 11. You should just put on Saturdays and Sundays, just listening to music has been really nice. Okay. And I'm thinking... Just go to the new music format. Yeah, well. That, that's my one option I just wanted to give you. But I, uh. Pretty I soon just we're going to have to change our intro where it says in our 72nd year or something like that. Oh, you have to say change that. To change it but, to 73rd. But, but that was a great show, that uh, First Light. Yeah. And they had a lot of research into it. And I could tell the, the announcer was disappointed. Well, there's he's probably, um, he's, he's probably going to announce it each morning at five o'clock when he comes on. There's a show that um, I, I've not heard it, but it comes highly recommended, and they have written to all of the first light carriers, such as us, to uh, make sure we know about it. So I I don't know. I'll let um, Scott and some others figure this out. And I know you guys are still struggling what to do. Tim Newsom in the eight o'clock hour or seven o'clock hour on Saturday morning. Yeah, we haven't this? come up with a solution for that one yet either. That's been a long time. Do it again. So good luck on getting a solution on this one. I I'm not following that. Do that again, please. Well, I'm saying you didn't salute. You didn't follow. You didn't make a solution to the dilemma of what happened when that one guy stopped. Broadcasting. He's, he's talking about uh, the show that Dick Bartley used to play oh. from 7 to 10 on Saturday mornings. We're still trying to find a replacement for that. I think Krista's been looking into it for a while, too, and there are some suggestions. So it's it's a process. And on Saturday morning. You know what it is, basically. Can you, you, Tell me what you think it is. Oh, and uh, I don't think about that, but I'm thinking about talking to Krista about it sometimes 
like that, talking to the wall or something because I've asked several times. I said on Saturday morning between four and five, you cut out that overnight Jim Bohannon show for that last hour. It was a repeat of the four. The one, uh, the ten to eleven show was repeated at four to five, and sometimes you didn't get the thing at ten to eleven at night, so it would come on. All of a sudden, just nothing but the dead air. Well, I. She, I don't know about that, but let me just she tell said, you. Oh, people want music in the morning, so she, people. And that has—that's been months ago, and she hasn't done a damn thing about it. Okay. But anyway. Well, I, I'm she's getting working hard. Let me just tell you this: the reason these shows are changing, these guys are retiring. That's what I was thinking. It's true. And so shows that we've had for years. And that uh, still are great shows. Uh, these guys are just um, hitting the wall. And that must be what happened to Jim Bohannon, but they haven't admitted it yet. Uh, and nor will they. It just doesn't happen like that. But if you ever listen to the current show right now, Trump could do no wrong. And Trump can do no wrong. Biden can do no right. Okay. And, and this is on uh, which one? Name it. This is uh, the Jim Bohannon show Bohannon. that's okay. got substitute uh, talkers, but this one's been talking the longest, the last one that's on there now. You know, I I was unaware they were going that highly political, but anyway. Oh, man. Man, you should be listening. Yeah, I, I'm generally... I know you're, you're fair and even-minded about it, and I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thanks so much for listening to sure, me. Sure. And I just wanted to say I'm going to miss that early show. Well, we'll 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 try to find something else you also but, like. But if you just want to make it music, I'll be happy with that too. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Whoops, I cut just a bit early. Good morning. Good morning, folks. Good morning. It's July 25th. Boy, this month has flown by, you know. Yes. Um. Let's see. So today is National Hot Fudge Sunday Day. Hard to, hard to oppose that one. Mm-hmm. Big yum. It's National Wine and Cheese Day. Once again, hard to oppose that one. Hey, there's one for you. Now, don't make me sound like a wino. I no, I didn't. I just said there's one for you. Wine and you cheese. You know what I like about the wineries locally? Otherwise, I would have said, my gosh, you're a wino. Oh, stop. See, I didn't say that. Yeah, but you did now. But oh, I didn't, wait, though. Stay with me. <laughs> you know what I like about our local wineries? Yes. Oh, what? The wine. No. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I gathered. I hope, anyway. <laughs> um, certainly, I don't mind wine. But it's the the camaraderie, ah yes, the friendship yes. of other people. You do enjoy that, and um, you know it's lonelier now. <laughs> my, you know what? My wife passed what seven weeks ago now, and um, I just find myself lonely. So to go and see my friends at the winery. And have a bite to eat, and the, the 
all our local wineries have such nice food. We went to Dutch Creek the other night, and um, oh, um, I should, now I'm embarrassed. I shouldn't have even started this, but the um, <coughs> Glenn Lackey's son. Can you think of his name? Brian. No. Hmm. I guess I can't. Okay. Well, anyway, um, he's doing the food out at um, Mr. Lackey Dutch Creek, and uh, I snuck him back while Paul wasn't looking. Paul's the owner, <laughs> also the head of planning for all of the city of Columbus. And I said, uh, "Make us a pizza like you, like an experiment." And um, I had Grace with me, and who else? Somebody else. And the three of us enjoyed this pizza so much. Mm. Ingredients? I, I, I'm not good at that stuff. Well, I mean, okay, how about toppings? Cheese, sauce, and? Of course. Um, little tiny peppers and, um, I, I don't know. He named things I don't really know what they oh, are. Oh, okay. But it was wonderful. And Sounds I, good. I suggested he add it to their regular collection. But, um, you know, then Wednesdays we go to um, Pleasant Hill. And um, that group has been meeting for years there. And I love them all. And it sure helps when you're going through what I'm going through. Oh, yes, I'm sure. And all right. Good, good for you to keep keep busy, keep active. I'm trying. Too many sit around and sulk and dwell. and It's easy to do. It's human nature. To do it, so I'm I'm glad you're keeping busy. National Hot Fudge Sunday Day, we said. Yes. National Wine and Cheese Day. That started that discussion. <laughs> National Thread the Needle Day. Why do we need that? Oh uh, boy, I guess we have to do the answer of the same thing with National Number Two Pencil Eraser Day, Paper yeah. Clip Day. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, National Thread the Needle Day is observed annually on July 25th. Since thread the needle has multiple meanings, we recognize several ways to celebrate the day. The literal meaning, take the thread, guide it through the sewing needle. Metaphorical sense, finding a path through oh. two opposing views. I see. Game, move, a type of billiards move where the ball is shot precisely through a narrow pathway. It's a yoga pose. The pose brings the body to a kneeling position with both hands on the floor. Slide the left hand all the way okay, okay. to the right underneath okay. the body. <laughs> I get it. And so uh, it's <laughs> a lot of metaphors here. Yeah, and you can also, you know, you, you hear it in football a lot too with a quarterback throwing a ball to a receiver between two defensive backs. As in threading the needle, Joe Burrow. Two more items. <laughs> National Hira Veteran Day. Good one. And National Merry-Go-Round Day. How about that? Yes. Um, Are those even on playgrounds anymore? I think so. I heard somebody say the other day, or somebody told me that how we used to ride those things and oh, yeah. get 
dizzily sick and oh. possibly get injured from the steel bars on them and getting off and trying to walk straight afterwards. And we did it. We we didn't get hurt. Oh, I hope they're still young. Yeah, we drank out of the same garden hose, too. All right, historical events. <laughs> what did I miss? Oh, no, I was just thinking about some of the things we did as kids and now are considered, you know, the highest danger level possible, like playing with mercury. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the year 306. Yes. Constantine the first proclaimed Roman Emperor by his troops. In the year 1814, English engineer George Stevenson introduces his first steam locomotive, a traveling engine designed for hauling coal on the uh, Killingworth Wagonway named Blue Chest. 1814. 1943, Benito Mussolini dismissed as Italian premier and arrested on the authority of the King Victor Emmanuel III. 1944, World War II, Operation Spring, one of Canada's bloodiest days resulting in 18,444 casualties and 5,021 killed. 1997, scientists announced the first human stem cells to be cultured in a lab using tissue taken from aborted human embryos. Okay, famous birthdays. Arthur Balfour. Um, born in 1848 on this date. Died in 1930. <clears throat> Arthur James Balfour, also known as Lord Balfour, or Balfour, was a British conservative statesman who served as Prime Minister of the U.K., from 1902 to 1905. Rosalind or Rosalind Franklin, born on this date in 1920. She died in 1958. I bet she played with Mercury. Rosalind Elsie Franklin was a British chemist, mm. an X ray crystallographer whose work was central to the understanding of the molecular structures of DNA, RNA, viruses, coal, yes, the coal in the ground, and graphite. Okay, the next one, this is a very young picture, but I see this person only lived uh, 14 years, I guess. Emmett Till, T-I-L-L. Born in 1941 on this date, died in 1955. He was the African-American boy who was abducted, tortured, and lynched in Mississippi in 1955 after being accused of offending a white woman in her family's grocery store. Mm. 
which I think it turned out years later that that did not happen, that he offended this white woman in a grocery store. But at the age of 14, yeah. to do that? Yep. I guess he was, according to what was found out later, he was falsely accused. We've got a caller, and then uh, we'll finish this up here in a minute. Uh, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. It's JW. Perfect timing. Yes, sir. <laughs> I just turned on the radio, and you're talking about Emmett Till. I was calling for something else, but uh, you could argue that that uh, incident, uh, along with the Rosa Parks incident, you know, probably changed the course of this country, the 20th century. And uh, there's still a lot about that we don't know, even though there was a trial mm. about what happened there. But I guess what I call about that Emmett Till, they are um, recently, um, they're, they're wanting to get money to restore the Till house in Chicago. Um, make it like a, mm, not a museum, but, you know, a special place of memory. So that the incident so I think is that would not be a forgotten, good thing. right? Huh? So that the incident is not forgotten. That's right. Now the, yeah, the incident, and um, I mean, it's historic. I mean, that's why she wanted an open casket, too. People wanted a closed one, but she preferred, she wanted it open uh, so it could be seared in the minds of, of the public. Hmm. Um you know, some said he was 12, some said 13, 14, whatever it was. He was a big guy for his age. And uh, They got a picture here. He just looks like a young man. I mean, really a youngster. But anyway. Well, 1950, young man, um, down in uh, Mississippi, any black man over four foot two was... Um, often vilified so he was a big for his age they don't grow they, they didn't they, they don't grow they grow them all like that now um day but they didn't grow them like that then so he's a big boy from chicago and it's pretty sad um uh but i what i really called about just a quick comment was i that young man that saved all those people in that mall, God knows how many he saved mm -hmm. by taking down that person. Yeah. I understand that he doesn't want any, he wants things to clear and let the grieving, he doesn't want any special attention. But I just find it interesting that other than Fox News, no one has mentioned him in the media very much at all. I, I I find that so sad. It, has it come to the point where even a good deed, if it doesn't go along with our narrative, <laughs> is swept under the carpet? I, I, if, if I were president, I know he doesn't want any, but I would be on the phone negotiating with him right now. When can I get you to D.C.? When can we do a ceremony for you, young man? You know what that 20-some-year-old kid did? Yes. Not only did he take this guy out from a distance, but he, but he motioned people 
out of the way as he was as he was interacting with the gunman. Yes. He had just gotten his license, just gotten his and he didn't have to get her active involved at all. He was just there shopping with his girlfriend. Right. If that's not if that's not worthy of notoriety, I don't know what is. It should not just take Fox News to mention that because of our idiocy about so-called gun violence. I mean, what if what if Nancy, one of Nancy Pelosi's bodyguards took out somebody trying to jump on the stage and stab her? How much how much notoriety do you think they would get? A lot. And I'm just so sad that it's come to that come to this in our country that a hero is just but, but did, did this person want the publicity? What if it was his choice? And I don't know the answer to this. I just told you. He said it. He does not want it. Okay, so. Yet. He wants things to clear. But still, Tom. Okay. I watched the news last week, most of the time, because I don't like to, but I wanted to see how much it would be. It was not mentioned once on the news channels that I watch. Well, it seemed like I heard about it. And I'm not. I don't know what you were watching. I'm not. uh, I don't want this to sound negative, but I'm not particularly a Fox fan. But not uh, negative. I get you. I get what you're saying. I. um, But do you get my bigger point? I think so. Why isn't this man a hero? In fact, why aren't you talking about it? Why didn't you talk about it a lot more? Well, I, I'm still kind of amazed at the fact that people now can be fully armed in public. And, in fact, over the weekend I was at a place, and it certainly appeared to me that a man that was near me walking, doing shopping, was wearing a firearm. So... Well, it's I haven't seen that in a number of years since I moved from Wyoming. In Wyoming, it was commonplace, but mercy, that we're talking 40 years ago. And Wyoming's a little different than Ohio. <laughs> so again, I say so. I don't know. It was just, you know, you hear about people now being able to... You're still going to say so. I, I well, right. What do you? I'm just still amazed. Well, I want to ask you. If that young man's not there that day, and thirty other people get killed, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? Well, I'm certainly glad he was present. Thank is, you. Is that what you? And mean? that he acted. Yes, of course. Good. We we agree on that. Yes, sir. My point, though, is that there's some who will not agree with that, and that is sad. They would much rather see. I shouldn't put words in their mouths, but it seems to me, by implication, they would much rather see more death than a good citizen. My God, that man's life is probably wrecked for the rest of his life because he had to kill somebody. But if he doesn't. He's probably dead. And his girlfriend. 
and all those families sitting around in the food court. Yeah. Hmm. I'll just let that lay out there. Thank you, Elisha Dickens. I applaud you, brother, even though who knows others may not. But I'm so glad you were there, young man. And I hope your life isn't wrecked for the rest of it because of you did the right thing. Okay, that's my sermon for the day. I get you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's see here. You know, that is a point about the commendation that doesn't happen, but then again, we tend to, I shouldn't say we, the media tends to expose and glorify, maybe glorify is not a good word, publicize, put on TV, the faces of these serial killers or these cowards that kill in malls like that, food courts, their pictures are splashed all over TV. So, I, yeah, I get JW's point right there. <clears throat> we have yet another caller. Good morning. In defense of the uh, news outlets, the normal news outlets, this would not include um, Fox News. Your caller failed to point out that no one was supposed to be carrying a gun in that mall. Is that true? That is true. And and if if a state says you may, you must not do it on private property. The mall was private property. Have you ever been locally to a dental place, a medical place, and they will say no guns? Okay. That is your private practice, and you make those decisions. I myself would not be very comfortable going to a medical visit. And seeing people wearing guns. Okay, that, but, but. And I think you were correct in what you're saying. If this young person didn't want that publicity, we should not keep reminding him, putting him before the, and using him as a model. Well, I didn't mean to say that. I, well, it's, but that, that, yes, that mall actually had a, I don't know if they have any locally like that at all, because I'm not a mall rat, but, uh, you know, I don't go to the malls, so I don't know whether they have that in malls locally or not. But many malls do have signs uh, from other places, I'm told, um, no no firearms. So on the entries, on the entry doors, there's some sort of signage that would um, ask them not to do that, right? Medical complexes here in Athens have it. Okay, but I'm saying a mall, um, a shopping mall. Okay, so I guess uh, so if a state allows it, but the building cannot or asks you not to do it. Okay. I, I, and he I, was I, just I, lucky. The, per- the, 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 man, the young person was lucky. Because if he just got his gun, and he obviously it seems to be that maybe he didn't have training, um, you know, maybe he was trained, maybe he grew up in a rural area where, where, where a lot of young folks are trained, uh, you know, hunters and things like that. But shooting a human is different than shooting a target. Oh, yeah. Shooting a human is much different than uh, taking down a deer. But, um, you know, it's a, I wouldn't, you're not supposed to take a gun on an airplane either. So, so, you know, uh, 
maybe he forgot. I'm going to take it that the young person forgot that he had his weapon on him. I'm going to think of it like that rather than his just going in and, you know, violating the law. Anyway, thank you. Fair enough. Bye. Uh, bye-bye. Um, okay, let's see here. Tell my phone to be quiet. There we go. Um, we did uh, have one more famous birthday to mention, and that is that of Walter Payton. Born in 1954, died uh, in 1999. And, of course, we all should know who that was. He was a great running back for the Chicago Bears, nicknamed Sweetness. And boy, did he have some sweet moves. One of the all-time greats Two famous. Uh, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Two famous deaths. Uh, one is Ben Hogan, golfer, right? Yes. Born in 1912, died in 1997. And the other is that of Samuel Taylor Coleridge. Coleridge. C-O-L-E-R. I-D-G-E. He was an English poet, literary critic, philosopher, and theologian who, with his friend, William Wordsworth, was a founder of the Romantic Movement in England and a member of the Lake Poets. He also shared volumes and collaborated with Charles Lamb, Robert Southey, and Charles Lloyd. Well, let's see here. Let me look up at the clock. We've got about 13 minutes left. Um, Yosemite, California. The governor out there, Gavin Newsom, declared a state of emergency over the weekend for Mariposa County as a brush fire near Yosemite National Park rapidly expanded to become the state's largest wildfire thus far this year. Officials say the Oak Fire began southwest of the park Friday and by Saturday had grown to 19 square miles, which is about 12,000 acres. Another story. Let's see. The, the, the lead line is Russia shells Odessa. At least two Russian missiles struck the Ukrainian city of Odessa over the weekend. Less than one day after Russia had agreed to a United Nations brokered deal to allow the safe passage of grain and other food-related exports via the Black Sea. Odessa remains the only major Ukrainian port along the coast not under Russian occupation, capable of exporting goods by sea. Incidentally, before the invasion, Ukraine was the world's fifth largest grain producer, or rather grain exporter, accounting for roughly 8.5% of global exports. Mm, most of the, more than half of the product went to Egypt, Indonesia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Lebanon. 
conclusion. Separately, Ukraine has reportedly begun a counteroffensive to retake the southern region of Kyrgyzstan. And uh, we'll just have to see how all that goes. The World Health Organization has declared monkeypox a public health emergency of international concern. They did it Saturday as cases reached 16,000 across 75 different countries. Here in the U.S., infections have risen to nearly 3,000 cases, including two children. Let's see. The declaration is a call to coordinate efforts against the virus and signals monkeypox is a serious global risk. Officials made the decision despite an advisory panel's lack of consensus. Since the protocol was established in 2005, a global health emergency has been called seven times, the most recent being, of course, the coronavirus. And that was done in April of 2020. Here in the U.S., we're deliberating whether to call for a national emergency regarding monkeypox. John, how are sports over the weekend? Sports over the weekend. Well, coming off of the All-Star break, which uh, the game, I believe, was Tuesday... Home run derby's Monday, All-Star game Tuesday, then a break Wednesday, uh, travel day, and then Thursday play resumed. The Cincinnati Reds, I think they won two of three against the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, that's encouraging news for the Reds to win another series. However, two players are on the trade rumor radar mill, whatever you want to call it. Pitcher Luis Castillo. And uh, third baseman Brandon Drury with the Reds occupying last place. Mm-hmm. This is typically what happens is that uh, other teams are looking to their best players to fill positions that they need help in. Teams that are leading their divisions or close to leading that want to make a move. So I look for those two players to be traded. Hopefully the Reds will get some good players in return. Uh, that's always the, the case when you make a trade. The trade deadline is August 2nd, so it's coming up quickly. And so uh, watch for that. Uh, the Cleveland Indians split a series with the Chicago White Sox, each team winning two games. And uh, the Reds are back in action playing the Miami Marlins. I think it's this evening, as a matter of fact, uh, from Great American Ballpark. So tune in for that one right here at 970 WATH. Training camp for the Cincinnati Bengals. It is beginning here in a couple days, as in Wednesday at 2.15 at Paul Brown Stadium in downtown Cincinnati. And the uh, city, what they will be doing is a 12-day jungle fest, welcoming back the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, who were 
39 seconds away from a Super Bowl championship last season. So uh, Joe Burrow returns for his third year, and uh, this is his first year without injury rehab and without COVID protocols in place. So uh, looking good for the Bengals. I've been affiliated with this station 50 years. Uh, we have, uh, the Reds have been World Series uh, participants many times in that period. Uh, how is it possible that your dog, at the, the dead end, the, what am I saying? At the bottom of the pack now. Well, it you know the, you're only as good as your players and how much you can afford to pay your players, and hopefully you get a few surprises or two that come from younger players. That's what happened with the 1990 World Series champion Reds. They had some guys step up that nobody thought would be good players, and it vaulted them into well, they they were in first place from day one of the season until the World Series championship. But, you know, they've come close to that. Uh, it takes a good mix of players. The Reds are in a small market, small money market. They can't afford to play, uh, pay the salaries that teams in, for instance, New York, Chicago, Los Angeles can pay. And it also has to do with ownership. You know, do, do the owners have the funding to get these good players in? And right now, Cincinnati does not. Um, has the ownership changed in recent years no. and I'm unaware of it? No, it has not. The Castellini still own it, and uh, a lot of fans are calling for them to sell the team to somebody who will sink some money into it and get some decent players in here and return Cincinnati to the top where where they belong. But, uh, but the Castellinis have operated it when it was at the top. Yes, they have, and now you know there were some decisions made that – Put some strains on the on the payroll, for instance, and I'm not singling out Joey Votto, but they're paying him $25 million a year. Uh, they signed him to a 10-year contract, and I think he's got two more years to go on that contract. Okay. And he's 37 now. Uh, you know, obviously his skills are diminishing. He's still a good player. He's not the player he used to be, but that puts a strain on the payroll. Um, they're also, believe it or not, still paying Ken Griffey Jr. every year. Um, he hasn't played for a few years, but that's the terms of his contract when he signed with the Reds. Is I think they're, I'm not sure how much they're paying him a year, but still those are salaries that they have to eat because of contractual agreements. Uh, they're paying Mike Moustakis $14 million a year. Uh, he's been on the injury list for last two years off and on, hasn't contributed much. Uh, so, you know, when, when you have salaries like that that, you know, you have to take care of by contract, it limits what you can do with uh, your payroll until they get into what's called the uh, luxury tax. If you go over a certain amount, if you're one of the top five, I think, highest payrolls in the major leagues, and you pay a luxury tax. So it that's a lot of what it comes down to. Well, let's see here. The political fight over abortion 
will increasingly be a battle over the mailing of pills into Republican-run states, With Roe versus Wade overturned, many of the most intense battles over abortion access will involve the mailing of pills into Republican-run states. Some pregnant women in these states will travel to states where abortion remains legal. But travel can be expensive and time-consuming, making it especially difficult for lower-income workers. So this whole thing, you know, it was, I'm not sure it was ever settled, but it sure is unsettled now. Yeah, that, you know, the Supreme Court decision, um, it, it moved the, the, the decisions back to the states is what it did. So it did not eliminate it, as some people think, but it, it moved it back to whatever the state votes on. And, uh, you know, even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was a Supreme Court justice who recently passed away, um, she had a warning about Roe v. Wade, and it came true, and she actually said that it that the Supreme Court was in overreach about that decision. When was it, 72, something like that, and said she felt it should be returned to the states so sure her quote was Roe isn't really about the woman's choice is it we've got a, a minute left um, I was um, cleaning out the car and I came across a copy of the Athens News I think it was front page it was the only page that was there but what it did was it listed all the salaries if you will for our county elected officials. And I found that very enlightening. Um, I hadn't ever seen it quite posted that simply. Um, but what I, what Scott and I are thinking of doing is also adding the city officials in, what was the other group? I guess that was it. OU. Oh, yeah. Some o top OU officials. And... Um, so um, we'll get on this. I think it's interesting to observe. And with that, we are out of time. We want you to have a marvelous day out there. The more we look at the sky, the more rainy it looks, or headed our way, I guess. So. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. Is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. All eyes are on Indianapolis today in the fight over legalized abortion. Lawmakers are holding a special session to discuss legislation that would lead to a near total ban. Republican State Senator Sue Glick is sponsoring the bill. Being pro-life is not about criminalizing women. It's about preserving the dignity of life and helping mothers bring happy, healthy babies into the world. Kamala Harris' office says the vice president is on her way to the state now to meet with lawmakers. A voracious wildfire is churning.